behind every spy is a lie. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is Citizel. Welcome to Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy fact, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And Christian, I think Archer may have ruined Spy Fi for me. Oh, why? Because every time I watch a show like the one we're covering today, I just think of Archer. That's because it's a white woman and a person, a white man and a person of color female, female agent. Is that it? No, you don't have to bring race into it. It's because we got two sexy spies who flirt and maybe they'll get together and maybe they won't. And also that the guy is kind of a maverick and the woman rolls her eyes a lot. Or at least that's how it started. But then things changed. Okay. All right. So... We're covering Citadel, the show on Amazon Prime. The first two episodes are out now. We actually got to see a sneak preview of the first two episodes uh, like a week or two ago. Yes, they did not pay us to talk about their show, unless you count being given delicious pork rolls after the screening. Yeah, so this is thanks to our friends over at the Spy Museum who invited us to come to the screening. And it was a lot of fun. Um, they they also have some interviews with some of the stars and producers and creators behind the show up on their website or I think on their YouTube channel. So check those out if you're interested. But yeah, so we got to see this um, yeah a couple weeks before. Now this show I believe is releasing weekly, so the first two episodes are out now, and I think the next ones come out next Friday. So we'll right. be covering those first two episodes here. And so this is a dead drop episode, so we will not be having the same amount of content that we usually do. For example. <laughs> I did not create any new poetry synopses. Oh, now you want it. (laughs) I see how it is. Yep, yep. All right, so do we have a synopsis from IMDb? Yes, here's the real synopsis. Global spy agency Citadel has fallen, and its agents' memories were wiped clean. Now the powerful syndicate Manticore is rising in the void. Can the Citadel agents recollect their past and summon the strength to fight back? Hmm, interesting. Well, well, let's find out. A bit so wordier than what we normally get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we start off on a train. We got our two leads, Nadia and Mason, played by Priyanka Chopra Jonas and uh, Richard Madden of Game of Thrones fame. And the Eternals, which I always, every time he stared at someone, I was expecting him to laser beam them with his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> right, right. So they meet on a train. They have some spies speak. We've, they've got, definitely got a past with each other. And they both work for Citadel, which, as we find out, is a spy organization. Mm-hmm. And their, you know, guy in their ear, their man in the chair, is named Bernard, who's played by, uh, oh, what's Stanley his name? Tucci. Yeah, Stanley Tucci, the Tooch. Yep. So they're tracking someone from Manticore, who's obviously some sort of ego- evil organization. But we find out it's a trap, and they get caught in this shootout, and then the train explodes and crashes. Or it crashes and it explodes. I gotta say, the show did keep me guessing in some ways, but I was a little bit disappointed, and I'm not going to watch the rest of it, I don't think, so you have to let me know if they reveal it, but I was like, so we're just told Citadel are the good guys, and Manticore are the bad guys. Yeah. And they are? (laughs) I mean, probably not. We'll see. You know, we will see. And and we'll find more about who those two organizations are a little bit later. Mm. Going on the screen sequence, I I mean... There's something classic spy about being on a train. Sure. And I, I also should say the action is great. In oh, the yeah. Movie. Oh, it was very good. Yeah. 
My particularly favorite was the liberal use of a pump action shotgun <laughs> that totally wrecks people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This show is interesting because it's extreme violence, but it's also kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's 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 that... Uh, hmm, would you say this is more violent than your average Bond film? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. James Bond movies tend to be PG-13, right? This was definitely R. You think it was R? Yeah, it had a lot of language, too. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, you're right. Never mind. Not, not thinking about some of the later action scenes. Yeah, it's definitely into at least, at least yeah, a light R territory. I mean, you were sitting next to me at the screening, and you often went, ugh, when, like, a knife went into somebody's leg or something like that, which I do not recall you saying at a James Bond movie. I mean, what gets that reaction for me more usually is, like, your John Wicks. Right. So okay. it's closer to John Wick in terms of the violence than James Fair, Bond, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so we go to eight years later, where we catch up to Mason, who is now going by Kyle Conroy, and he's living in Oregon. He has a wife and a daughter and doesn't remember anything before the train explosion. And so he's trying to figure out his past more because he's got his daughter and his daughter's asking questions. So he submits his DNA into one of those gene- genealogy websites to see if he can find mm-hmm. any relatives. And this flags him to Bernard, who is still alive. Right. We also meet the British ambassador who seemingly works for Manticore. She's threatening the U.S. Secretary of State. And she wants to know the location of a case called the X case, which held all of Citadel's secrets. And among so many other things that it does. Yeah, yeah. Nuclear codes. uh, Yeah, all, all sorts of things. So Bernard abducts Kyle and his, or you know, aka Mason and his family, and reveal, reveals who Kyle was before, and gives him out the lowdown on Citadel and Manticore. So Citadel is an independent spy agency. It seems very similar to like Kingsman, except not you know UK focused or based. Yeah, like we've been here before, right? In many movies. No. Where we have the international spy agency, like ISIS, for example, from Archer. Well, ISIS has a, is a little weirder not, and complicated. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really thinking of examples. No, there's usually your internet, aside from Kingsman, your intelligence organizations are government-based. Mm-hmm. Your CIAs, your MI6s, your MI7s even, as in Johnny English, or yeah. Yeah, et cetera. So this or is one IMF. where... Yeah, the IMF is US based. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also wanted to comment really quickly that yeah. when he's revealed to have amnesia, yeah. I was like, it's more of a trope in video games, but it's an uh-huh. extremely common one. And I liked how later they explained why he had amnesia. Yep. Yeah. And a very good one, too. Mm hmm. So that's Citadel. Yeah, the independent spy agency. Um, and someone, one of their Citadel agents, stole all of their secrets and revealed them to Manticore. And Manticore was formed by the eight richest families who created their own spy network to ne- manipulate the world. So they're basically Hydra. Mm-hmm. But this also makes sense, too, that the global <laughs> elites or whatever. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Illuminati. Uh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, so this is going to be a little bit nerdy, where in DC Comics, you have the Justice oh, League, and then you have the Crime Syndicate, which is like the evil Justice League. Yeah. Um, or or and, the Injustice Society or yeah, any so other. Like, yeah. Right. So like, it makes sense that the bad guys would be like, we keep being foiled by groups like IMF or whatever. So why don't we make one of our own to stop mm-hmm. them? Which is exactly what they do. So he also tells him there's this 
yeah, about the X case, which held all of the nuclear codes, and you know they need to do something to stop to get it back. And obviously, Kyle doesn't believe him really, and to sort of show him that you know his while his memories may not be there, his skills are. He throws a knife at him, which he catches, which I like. It's a it's a trope, but I always yes. enjoy it. Well, it's a trope that's done very well, and I can see why it was in the trailers because his yeah. reaction is very funny. Mm-hmm. And then it gets lampshaded later. I hope that's the correct use of lampshaded in a way that's uh, also funny. Yeah, sure. And he also shows him Nadia's photo as like the, one of the other top agents of his partner. And previously, you know, he was having dreams about a woman and the train crash and kept seeing Nadia's face. Mm-hmm. And so seeing Nadia's photo could have cemented, all right, I need to figure out what's going on here. We end our episode two with the revelation that Nadia actually survived the tra- train crash as well. Mm-hmm. Which I think most people would have expected. I mean, it's, with it's Priyanka Chopra Jonas being such a big part of marketing, I would assume she didn't die in the you know first f- five minutes. And it's not her twin know, sister or anything like pulling that. Pulling a, you know, a Captain Giorgio from Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> yeah. We start episode two with Nadia pulling herself out of the river. She gets a message from Bernard that he's backstopping her. And we'll find out later what that means. And that she has two hours. So she has to figure out, you know, figure out something to do within those two hours. She finds her way to the road where a guy in a truck picks her up. She wakes up in a cabin handcuffed to the bed. And so this was cap- like crazy. Yeah. This part. So, like, so this random dude is i guess like a murderer or a rapist or something because he tries to kill her but he also has like medical ability and he just happened to run into her Uh i'm hoping they explain it later i don't feel like they i don't think they they will it'll i i think i think this this is what like okay in the moment did you did you really think about it or do you just go with it no i was thinking about it i was thinking about it yes and you know me I usually like to go with the flow, but not this right. time. Interesting, because I think this is what... Uh, so I don't know if we ever, we've talked about this, but Hitchbach, Hitchcock... Let me start again. I don't think we've talked about this, but Hitchcock has something he's called an icebox scene, which is a scene that hits you after you've gone home and you start pulling cold chicken out of the icebox. And that's when you think about it. And it's like, huh, that didn't really make sense. But you go with it in the moment. Yeah, in the internet age, it's called the fridge test. Right, or yeah, Fridge Logic, yeah, which I didn't realize that that was where Fridge Logic came from, was from Hitchcock talking about an icebox scene. And but I, I did not realize that Hitchcock originated it. So oh, yeah, it was oh, yeah. Something. Yeah, so that's, uh, I think, for me, it hit me, it's it's only really hitting me now that, oh, yeah, that is a little weird that he had medical knowledge and all that. So I just sort of went with it in the scene because really you're focused on the peril that Nadia is facing. So my explanation is, in the background, he, yeah. it was in like Spain or something, right? Or Italy. Yeah. In the background, he had like an Spain. Italian army like, right, sticker. Yeah, yeah. So like he knows uh, how to like, treat like, yeah, he's an army injuries. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, he removed the bullet from her leg. She manages to get free, attacks him. They have this brutal fight involving like... Ex- extreme action sequence, right? Being stabbed with like some sort of horn, if I recall. Yeah. But yeah, she manages to stab him and kill him. And right after she kills him, an implant in her head starts pulsing. Actually, it's in her neck. Mm-hmm. Starts pulsing and deletes her memories. And even like, you know, has a little voice that says, so there's a speaker 
implanted in there somewhere that says, you know, deleting memories now. I guess so. And actually, you know, now that I think about this, so it's revealed that the backstopping wipes their yeah. memories so Manticore can't find them, but they yep. look the same. Yeah. So, like, why couldn't Manticore just track them down? I guess it's a lot harder. But mm-hmm. in the internet age, it's not that hard. No, so I don't know. That's a good question. I, never, I didn't think about it. I mean, hey, there's another icebox thing. Yeah, or <laughs> maybe, really like, backstopping has some kind of reverse worm where it goes through and deletes all their stuff, even that Probably from the from the other end, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Bernard and Kyle, aka Kyle slash Mason, go to uh, New York City to retrieve the X case, and like they park in a you know unmarked white van in front of the building, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure this is the building that they used in like I think they've probably probably filmed this all in Atlanta, like the Russos tend to do. Right. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't talk about how this is you know exec produced by the Russos. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, but, unlike a lot yeah. of other shows that are executive produced by people. <laughs> but this looks like the building where in, they used an endgame for like Stark Tower, where you have mm-hmm. like Cap and you know twenty twelve Cap fighting. Right. I'm I'm not actually sure, but it just looked like that to me. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they run through the whole their plan. So um, Bernard managed to backdoor Kyle's biometrics and a fake ID into the system, and so he can get in that way. Bernard will be in his ear. And who would just go, you know, listen to him to tell him what to do. So Kyle gets into the building, is immediately followed. Bernard guides him to evade, uh, gets into the room, takes out a guard, gives him specific instructions on, like, you know, hit his Adam's apple hard this way, or, you know, grab the gun, etc. And he grabs the, gets in and grabs the case. But one of these two goons, who are brothers, I don't remember what their actual names are, mm-hmm. notices him. Yeah, there's some good tension in this part, because... He- Kyle slash Mason still doesn't really know what he's doing. Yep. And because he barely remembers. And at the same time, Bernard is being harassed by a security guard who's like, you're not allowed to Oh, right. Here. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So they get away. Kyle okay. opens the X case and sees all these vials with like different names, including his name, Mason Kane. And. Apparently, also, it can also search for active agents. And at this point, it's revealed that, you know, Bernard and Kyle can't go back to Wyoming because, of, you know, once he walked into that room, they knew he was alive and they'll be going after him So and following him. So if he goes back to Wyoming, he'll lead him right back to his family. So maybe that was the explanation for why they were okay, because Manticore thought they were dead. Probably. So they yeah. weren't looking for them. It's kind of like Anakin Skywalker and his kids. <laughs> yeah. even though they had the same last name as him he didn't find them because he wasn't looking for them yeah but how you know common is skywalker as a last name let's not get into that <laughs> anyways so back to this show um bernard tells kyle to inject himself with a vial with his name on it that'll give him back all his memories the two goon brothers are after after them in a car and as he's right about to inject himself Bernard gets shot, but Kyle manages to get away with the X case. However, his memory vial is broken. Ooh, so, so all this his was memories are gone. It's yeah. interesting. He's never going to be able to recover his memories, theoretically. <laughs> yeah, so Kyle steals a car and sees that Nadia is is the active agent that is that the, the X case has discovered. And she's in Valencia, Spain. And they, it is in the middle of the Fallas Festival, which... 
we've seen before in Mission Impossible 2, although they had to take place in Seville, which is not quite mm. right. <laughs> but he finds Nadia. She has no memory. And so they go, and but she like gets his attention, her attention by, you know, saying, you know, eight years ago in Italy, was it? Italy? I think it was. I can't remember. I think it was Italy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I know what really happened. So they go and talk into the kitchen. He tries to do the knife toss or throws the knife at her, seeing if she'll catch it. She just ducks and is like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. So this was great. I don't know if it was in the trailers, but it was really funny. Yeah. The audience yeah. had a good reaction mm-hmm. to it. He also shows her the case and the vial with her name on it. And just as he's about to convince her that, you know, this is something, you know, something's going on here. And he also tells her that he's a spy. Actually, at this point, he's faking being Mason Kane, that he like he actually knows Mm. what's going on. Yes. But one of the goon brothers arrives in Valencia, gets the drop on them in the restaurant, which is cleared out all of a sudden. It's now (laughs) empty. And people just know somehow. Yeah. They have a big fight. The goon gets Kyle on the ground, shoots him in the leg, but Nadia takes the vial with her memories in it and saves the day. Nadia remembers everything, including a specific memory that says where she says to someone else, Mason can never find out. <laughs> yeah, just in time to save his baby. Yeah. And we go back to the UK ambassador who has Bernard, who is still alive and not dead. And with that, our second episode ends. Yeah, so do you have predictions for the rest of the Ooh, series? that's a good thing. Um, so here's... I'll, I'll, all right, let's hear yours. My yeah. main one is that wife is dead. Oh, <laughs> Kyle, think... like, what mark? Her, her, his wife is dead. She's going to get fridged, oh, and then that no. way there's tension between him and Nadia. Are they going to get together or not? I think there'll be tension either way, even if the wife, you know... Does oh, so it's like die. a love triangle? Yeah. Right. Where he's torn between, you know, his past and his future. Right. But ultimately, I think she will die. Ah. And then Nadia can step in. That's my prediction. So. so, do you do you do you think Nadia is actually the traitor who, you know, revealed all the secrets? I don't or is think that a red show herring? is that deep. I guess well, it would have I mean, to depend. Like Because I mean that's that's the implication from that, you know, Mason can never find out. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I would want to see if that thing about how, oh, Citadel aren't as goody-goody as they seem, and Manticore's mm. not as baddy-baddy as they seem. If they do that, and they keep the twists coming, then mm-hmm. I could see that. You know, it's interesting, Christian, because this part is, this series is only six parts, uh-huh. so it's not that much of a lift to finish it. No, but you still, want really? I, I want to. I'm This, and we'll get, a, I get you know, well, before we go into the, you know, maybe I'll talk, talk, I'll talk more about it in my ratings. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I, I guess it's, you know, four parts and they're each probably 45 minutes. Yeah, maybe I'll just Well, they're like it. 30 35 minutes, more like it, actually. Even better. All yeah. Right. That, like, I did appreciate that about this show, that it wasn't like, you know, an hour long or 55 minutes. It was like 35 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the Rings of Power where there's a million little plots and <laughs> it's really long. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I enjoyed the Rings of Power, but you know, I mean, I enjoyed it too. But it had it. I'm glad it's, this isn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, shall we move into our spy fact versus spy fiction? I know you have some. 
Yeah, so the only one I have, and th this has come up in other movies that we've covered, but I was like, what's the deal with the nuclear codes? Oh. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about amnesia. Uh, no. Okay, all right. It, it, yeah. it not. What, tell us about nuclear codes then. So according to live science, there are two sets of rec codes required for a launch. There's the one that's like in The Man Who Saved the World, the one that's at the crews that fire, that actually sit there and fire it. And then there's uh -huh. the one used by the president, like in the football. Hmm. Okay. okay. The president doesn't have access to the ones used by the crews and vice versa. The codes the commander in chief has are known as the gold codes. They identify the president, confirm his authority to order one. Mm -hmm. And the codes are printed on what's called the biscuit, which is kind of funny. It's a credit card biscuit. size slip of paper that's in the football. Interesting. Oh, yeah. We've seen that in the... Uh... The sum of all fears. Yes. And really, that's about it. The rest is just a history of the football. Okay. At one point, Clinton claimed he lost the biscuit for several months in 2000. <laughs> a potentially serious mishap, mishap that went unreported until it was time to change the codes, which oh, was wow. done every four months at the time. So I guess with this show, I guess they're saying that the, the magic briefcase uh -huh. that contains everything would mm -hmm. be the launch codes or no it would be the president's codes and then the crews would just believe them and fire them probably i don't I know we'll we'll see well that'll be interesting to see well maybe you won't see but i'll see whether maybe. or not we actually get these nuclear codes in play ever or if they're just a macguffin that could you know fallen by the wayside that's a good question i think you could probably go either way no. this is funny that they do the nuclear codes again hmm when you're trying to motivate some, something, that's a good motivation. I mean, there's only so many things that spies can fight over. You got yeah. viruses, you got... Nuclear codes. Like, like a hidden piece of technology that could change the world. You got or you have codes. a list of enemy age, of all your agents. Yeah, so we, we got multiple ones in this show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you want to move into favorite quotes? Uh, yeah, I did not write down any favorite quotes. Oh, I've got two. I've got one is, why would you trust me? I gassed you and your family in a fucking car. I'm exceedingly untrustworthy. I'm a spy. Mm -hmm. And my, my, But I think my favorite line from this show was, we are two guys in a van with a briefcase. We are the plot of Dumb and Dumber. Mm. Yeah, that was said by Mason, right? Uh, yeah, the other one was said by Bernard. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Good jokes, which is exactly what I would expect from the... Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get into our ratings. Uh, sure. I know. I, I usually go first. Yeah. I can go first this time. Um, I so I hadn't brought it up yet, but I didn't love all of the telling and not showing. Like, like we uh, really have it on faith from Bernard that Citadel yeah. are the good guys and Manticore are the bad guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of collateral damage, but that happens regardless. Yeah, the characters were, like, fine. Uh -huh. The amnesia reveal is interesting. Uh, that they're actually, it, there's a cause for it. Yeah, yeah that they have a, a reasonably good explanation for it, but it's all just okay. So I okay. will give it five out of ten martinis. It's, like, all average. Right. All right. So I'm going to go a little higher than you. I'm going to go for a six out of ten martinis. So for me, this scratches an itch of... You know, because I've been watching a couple of different spy things on uh, like TV shows. I've been watching Slow Horses. I've been watching The Night Agent. 
I've been watching, uh, what was the other one I was watching? Um, oh, Treason, which has uh, that guy from Daredevil whose name escapes me now. Charlie Cox? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are all sort of very dour, you know, not, you know, kind of not necessarily depressing, but they're just very serious. So for me, I like that Citadel has a sense of fun. It's a little more fantastical. Sure. I mean, it is. It it never claims to be anything else. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum, I've also been watching the True Lies uh, show that they've done on uh, Paramount Plus. Which yeah, is, that is about spies, isn't it? It is about spies, but it's on that further end of more into the goofy mm-hmm. kind of thing. So this is a that nice in between the middle of you know it's like it's it's got great action and it's got a you know interesting plot, but it also has some fun to it, which some of those other some of those other shows necessarily didn't have. Mm. So I so I'm enjoying it. I also appreciate that you know yeah, like I said. 35 minute episodes i think is about where they land so it's quick it doesn't belabor the point and yeah like you said it's only six episodes so it's not like a huge commit time commitment mm-hmm. um but i do think i would hope rather that they play with that you know the who is the good guy who's the bad guy a bit yeah, they and, just have some things that are kind of unexpected. And, but but I wouldn't expect it in the first two episodes. It's a <laughs> yeah, TV show. You're not going to get those answers in the first episode. Yeah, you, you need time. You for have it to, to set build. up a premise before you can, you know, turn it on its head. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you for joining us for this dead drop episode. Catch us later for Johnny English. You can find us on social media at the SpyFi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our merch store at redbubble.com. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Christian. And we are the SpyFi Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to the SpyFi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.